Welcome to the... <laughs> no, 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 I can't do that. Let's try another one. Uh, how about this? <laughs> no, no, that won't work either. Let's try this. get on board with that. Let's roll with it. Welcome to the Begin the Begin podcast. My name is Jeff Hillemeyer, and I'm on a mission to find out what makes people tick. Not just anyone, people who are making a profound impact on the world. I want to dig into their origin story and get to the root of why and how they do what they do. I hope you are as inspired coming out of these conversations as I am. Let's get into it. On this episode, I wanted to bring together three amazing Atlanta leaders who spend a great deal of their time mentoring others. Karen Houghton, Anand Talker, and Jermaine Brown all joined me coincidentally from the Atlanta Tech Village, probably the place in Atlanta where the most mentoring happens. And I should know as I started Dragon Army in the Tech Village in 2013. Listen along as these leaders talk about how to find the right mentor, how to be a great mentee, and why Atlanta leads when it comes to mentorship and helping others be successful. Let's get into it. Okay, this is a first for me, you guys. It's the first time I've had a whole lot of people on the podcast. I'm really excited about this. Um, so why we're here, I had Anand on a podcast with me um, a month ago or so, and we were talking about mentorship and advisory boards and so forth. And, you know, we thought, wouldn't it be great to grab a few other people who we know are passionate about that, um, who, who are mentors, around mentors, have mentors and bring them all together and just have a chat about it. So that's what we're gonna to try to do today. Let me ask you guys to say who you are and what you do. Karen, we'll start with you. Hey everyone, uh, my name is Karen Houghton. I'm the Vice President at Atlanta Tech Village. So on brand today for everybody. I'm also a venture partner over at Atlanta Ventures. So passionate about startups, building community, a strong ecosystem and changing the world through technology. Yes, and very much on brand. <laughs> Jermaine, how about yourself? Uh, so Jermaine Brown, so founder of CCAW Automotive Group. Uh, so now recently I uh, joined Outlander Labs as a venture partner. So going to the other side of the table. Nice. And Anand. I'm Anand Talker. And uh, some of you guys already heard who I am, but uh, eclectic background and uh, in uh, various serial entrepreneur activities. But uh, lately have been, after my last exit, been working with uh, the MarTech space, investing, advising, and navigating uh, performance leaders and, and growth investors in the, in the arena. All right. And interestingly, the three of you are at the Atlanta Tech Village right now, aren't you? Is there a better place to be, Jeff? There's not. <laughs> there's, there's not, and I can say that. Um, which brings me to the first thing I'd love to chat about. We were all at the village in the early, early days when yeah. construction was happening around and so forth. Um, what are some of the early stories you guys remember from, from those days? <laughs> no AC. <laughs> no AC. Oh, my gosh, the summers, the elevator. No elevator. We were on the fifth floor. Yeah, we had a solid six months with no elevators on a six-story building. Um, but amazingly, everyone was pretty good-natured about it. And we were like, what? We're just, I think we turned it into a stair-step contest. And 
the days we didn't have air conditioning and an elevator were less ideal. <laughs> well, I think there's no better way. I mean, I always talk about Atlanta Tech Village is not just a space, it's a community, right? And uh, that's one of its biggest strengths. And there's no better way than helping people move furniture around or go up and down the stairs and meet folks, right? Those serendipitous relationships mm-hmm. that you were creating, Karen, right? That's the way. Now, I remember that. I think my biggest uh, takeaway has been, I, like, I've known most of the community before the building, but it was really, you could throw a rock and hit anybody and you have like an incredible conversation. Yes. It was, it was amazing. You could not find that too many other places. I think it's definitely a place where the community happened before the building happened. And, uh, and we were a startup, right? So, I mean, obviously David Cummings founded the village, funded it all, but we didn't know what we were doing. And so it was an element of like, we're learning and having this big commercial building that none of us had been in commercial real estate um so it was like this adventure and i think a lot of us like those original people it's there's always a tie having experienced that together a few so many years ago now but you had a vision right karen i mean y'all had like like it just seemed like it was very thoughtful in the the overall like energy and what you were trying to accomplish maybe tactically it was we'll figure it out as we go but Oh yeah, it was very fluid in like how we got there, but the vision and mission from the beginning was always very clear about who we wanted to be, the community, the, the kind of entrepreneurs we wanted to attract and just how, how we wanted them to want to be there. Like how do we create a place where it feels authentic to them? It truly makes you a better entrepreneur. It has the energy and the community and kind of supportiveness that you need as well. So it's a bit of magic sauce, but you guys are part, a big part of what made it so special right from the very beginning. Yeah, and I remember I got, I actually had two offices for like a year, if I remember correctly. So I came, they came, I think it was uh, DC and Craig and all those guys. Like, you should come over here and, oh, by the way, you don't live that far. I remember for like a year, I paid rent in two places. And then I was just like, this is, it was just a better environment for me, right? Like the things I learned in that year. Uh, we're just kind of transformative. So, and then the relationships and the people and just over our energy. So, yeah, I mean, it, it was great. You know, there, there were those days where you were like, okay, this is interesting, but um, you know, I think you guys did a great job of communicating like what was about to happen so that everybody at least had their expectations set. Right. So. One um, thing they're in, I've never been in a place where almost everybody just loves what they do because you're not, you're not starting a company and dealing with the difficulties of all that unless you really are passionate about it and love it. But go into any other building in Atlanta and you're on the elevator and people are like, oh, it's Monday. Oh, God. And in the village, it was like, yeah, it's Monday. Let's do this. So I, I, it, it, there's nothing like it, in my opinion. And, and Karen, you're right. In those early days when there was some, you know, oh, my gosh, the AC, it was just like another chance to bond with people. Absolutely. Like it's, there's not a bad Monday when you're here, right? It's everyone's like, what happened over the weekend? Like I love walking around and when I talk to people it's often like, what's the best thing that's happened to you this, this past week. And it's like, just by asking that question, sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, you actually, these are big milestone things that we want to celebrate with you. And sometimes it's the bad news too. But I think the more you can just share and communicate, number one, you feel less lonely, right? And then number two, it also is inspiring because I'm, I'm constantly inspired in this building by the caliber of people who are in here and what they're building and creating and how nice they are, right? Yeah. You can be really smart, but if you're, if you're not kind in it too, uh, I think those people quickly find we're not the best place for them either. Yeah, no, agreed. And so that, that leads us into um, the topic of the day. 
what I love about the village is um, whether someone is a mentor or not, everybody wants to help each other. And I saw it so many times in the, in the, you know, the cafe kitchen areas on each floor, there's just conversations. People are like, Oh yeah, I have a contact here and I can help you there. Um, but I know that mentorship and advising is core to all four of us. I'd love for each of you to just talk about maybe um, how that became an important part of, of your life. Was it, um, was it, was it being at the village or was it a certain person in your life that helped you or, you know, to talk to me about how you found mentorship to be an, a core part of who you are today. And anyone can start. I'll go. Uh, so I think for me, you know, mentorship, even though I didn't know that's what it was during each one of those relationships has been pretty pivotal, but also as I look back, during different stages of life, I've had different mentors to help guide me through that stage of life, right? So, you know, starting when I was an adolescent, right, like I had a family friend who kind of took me under their wing. And, you know, I would say that I was probably a little stubborn uh, towards my parents. And, you know, they were able to kind of recognize that and, and uh, mold me and, 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 and aim me in the right direction, right? Um, and ultimately, it ended up being a game changer for me, kind of looking back, right? And it got me on a good path. You know, I went to school and all these other things, and not, I attributed it to them. And in, even during college, I had some bosses who were, you know, probably 20 years older than me, but that saw the, the raw talent, as they call it, right? They were like, we just need to, like, polish you up a little bit. And, um, you know, and, and invested time and energy in me and, you know, gave me some opportunities to do some very unique things. And, you know, it was transformative, right? And even as I, you know, kind of transitioned into to corporate America, while it wasn't the funnest time for me, um, you know, I had some, some good mentors who were able to kind of help me navigate it and ultimately help me, like, figure out that it was probably not the best place for me, right? Um, so, you know, it's been pivotal for me, but I think that the, the best mentorship has actually come as an entrepreneur. And, and for me, it's actually come in group settings where there's, you know, I don't know, it's really more peer groups, but, you know, people that have accomplished great things and people that are trying to accomplish great things that are similar to what I'm doing and then being able to share their experiences, provide me with feedback and just be candid and honest about what they see and some of the things that I'm strong at and some of the things I'm weak at. Right. So, you know, it's been an interesting, um, journey for me. And I think that without mentorship, I don't know where I'd be, honestly. And I think it's, it's key. It's critical. Everybody has gaps they need filled. You know, everybody's trying to figure things out. And if you can have someone fill those gaps and provide you with their experiences, it can accelerate you getting to where you want to get. So definitely help me out. Hands down. Love that. What about you, Karen? I was mentored uh, at a Similar to Jermaine, I think uh, in high school, uh, I was a part of a ministry called Young Life uh, and super passionate about it. And uh, it changed my life in a lot of really great ways. My faith's really important to me. And it was part of that journey, but it was also just having an adult, Jermaine, to your point, who was not my parents, um, who could come alongside me and just be, let me be exactly who I was and still kind of love me through that and still guide me and encourage me to make good choices and provide guidance as needed. Um, and that was such a life-changing and rewarding experience that I think had a dramatic effect on outcome 
of who I am as an adult and who I'm still becoming that I turned around and I, I was a young life leader for 12 years. Um, so continue to be a part of that organization, but I was like, I want to give back to that. And so I actually walked through um, life with four, uh, three groups of high school girls. So I would pick them up as freshmen, see them through their senior year, pick them up as freshmen, see them as, uh, through their senior year, um, became a mom and was like, that was a great use of my time and purpose, but I need to put some energy over here now. So I don't, I don't currently do that anymore, but it's been one of the most rewarding aspects of my life to have it on both ends, to have received it and experienced it. And of course, in my professional life, I think uh, there's so many amazing people that I talk to and um, receive guidance and advice from. I mean, Anand has come alongside me in several different things. Uh, of course, David Cummings and David Lightburn. So I'm, I'm thankful to have had a lot of great people in the tech community who have allowed me opportunities to grow and learn. Um, and you know, there's always the digital mentors too, right? So uh, there's there's people I follow on blogs and on Twitter that I'm learning from constantly that I've never met in person too. And so I often talk to people about mentorship. I'm like, they're like, how do I, do I know somebody? And I'm like, first you're at Atlanta Tech Village. Let me introduce you to like 40 people who are volunteering their time to like help you. But there's also like, if you're more introverted or you're not sure what to do, I'm like, read, listen to, listen to podcasts. Uh, like what you're doing here, Jeff, and there's all sorts of opportunities to kind of grow and learn and gain information um, in more non-traditional in-person ways too. Yeah. And I love that you started it with uh, Young Life. Did you grow up in Atlanta? I did. Yes. Cobb County. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I did not participate in Young Life, but a ton of my friends did because I, I grew up in Stone Mountain and um, fantastic program. Yeah, love it. They, uh, yeah, they had a lot of fun. I was like, who are these people and what are they doing? And actually that kind of looks fun. Can I go? Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I no. Right. Good times. All right, Anand, how about you? Yeah, I, I won't take too much time because I know we talked a lot about it uh, from before, but uh, two critical kind of uh, mentors. I mean, one was my dad. Like, I mean, he was, you know, first generation came over and he didn't really, you know, he came over before he even finished his education. And he pretty much uh, taught me a lot about how to be self-sustaining um, and then ironically, um, interestingly enough, I had a mentor later and she taught me how to be uh, more um, collaborative with other people, be more open uh, on, uh, you know, getting help or uh, being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Uh, you know, that type of thing where I was always very introverted, which I still am. But I mean, it's just more of a, uh, a sense of you have something to offer. You should you know, speak up or talk about it or share with it. And it's okay that if you get positive or negative feedback, how you take that and uh, you make yourself grow. So some of my early mentors, I mean, I even one mentor that I have, it was uh, it's a story for another day, but it's uh, if you know who Seymour Cray was, you know, I ran into him one day and I was in DC and it was at a very early age and it was months before he actually had passed unexpectedly. And he, we had this long conversation uh, as he was looking at a nervous guy in the corner, he's like, you know, and, and the conversation we had basically came down to there's nothing you're, you're here because someone wanted you to be here. So don't worry about being nervous, just be who you are. And, you know, who cares what people have to say about you. So people know me being direct. And that's probably what <laughs> that's probably came from. That's one of the many mentors, like Karen said, I mean, there's just so many after that, but, uh, but it was one being somewhat building things and being self-sustaining. And then the other was, actually not relying completely on yourself if you want to you know build great things or amazing things and of course i've been a fan of community and what that really means in terms of 
creating and formulating and understanding what that means. Uh, you know, so when I see it, it's uh, it's an incredibly powerful you know aspect of of things. And um, but yeah, I've had mentors who've helped me you know connect with other folks. They've helped me see things that I didn't see myself. They've certainly, um, and it, as we talked about last time, <laughs> I'm never done. There's plenty, plenty of folks. I'm still way unpolished yeah. and uh, happily, I guess, uh, uncompletely satisfied with myself. Yeah, no, that's great. Do you guys think that, um, that that's part of maybe what is unique about Atlanta is how willing people are to help others and to l- lend a hand? I mean, I'm, I'm sure it happens in other places places, but I've seen a difference, say, in New York, for instance, in some of the relationships. It just doesn't seem the same. Do you think that's something that's special about this place? We're not the city of hospitality for nothing, right? I think it's a, it's a culture that we have built intentionally. I think part of it's a little bit natural just from our history and all of that, but it's, I have people come to the village a lot and we have four core values and one of them is be nice. And often we get people who come, you know, West Coast, New York, and they're like, I'm sorry, what? Like, I don't have time for that. I'm building a company. And I'm like, cool. When you're having a really hard time or you get stuck, what are you going to do? Like, it's it's kind of nice to have someone who's nice. You can say, hey, can you help? Or can I come alongside? And um, even as our ecosystem has grown, it's very much a thing of, you know, all, all of us can grow together and we need more density and we need more people. And I think as long as we keep telling that story of, you know, all, all ships ride, uh, rise with the tide, right? So there's an element of all, we need each other to kind of continue to get our city on the map. And so I think it's, it's a bit of everything, but uh, if it, I've had a few people have a sticker shock kind of when they're or like culture shock when they're like, wait, like, how does this work? Like it just does. It's real. It's authentic. Don't make it a thing. Just come be a part of it. And they're like, I get it now. I get it. I think it's definitely unique um, coming from an environment that's less entrepreneurial and probably less open. Um, I think that that's one of the things that um, attracted me to Atlanta when I got here. And I, I came straight out of undergrad, right? But I, could, I couldn't pinpoint what it was then, but I think that's definitely one of the things. And over the years, you know, I've been presented with opportunities to, you know, leave Atlanta and I've, you know, evaluated other cities and I'm always like, ah, it's just, it's just the city's unique. And that's definitely one of the things that I think makes it unique, right? I mean, I think that people want to help other people. People have different um, experiences and backgrounds, you know, it's, it's just an interesting city, right? I mean, you have other cities that, that have a mixture of people, but they're not always as open as an inviting as Atlanta is. People don't genuinely want to help each other as much, right? So I think it's something that, you know, from someone not being from here or not raised here, I think it's definitely something that's unique and that stands out a lot. Yeah, in the last decade, I've been around, um, you know, I've spent a lot of time in different ecosystems and um, traveling for a variety of reasons. And, uh, and uh, the, uh, while Atlanta has a certain, definitely a competitive advantage over it, it, it's not completely unique, but it's definitely a competitive advantage over most places. Uh, like you mentioned, New York, it's not exactly that way, but the culture there is different, right? It's, it's a, you know, if you, if you grew up there, then you know how to, you know, you know what networking looks like or how it works. If you're in the Bay area, well, you get a very familiar feel. Uh, you can grab coffee with anybody and do your pitch and, 
you know, uh, and, and get what you need out of it. If you go to Seattle, you know, there's a sense of that as well. Toronto, the Vancouver, some of the smaller areas, they all have interesting places. I was in Israel for a while. Like they all are like, they will actually give you, they will set up tours for you to talk to a series of people. Uh, but I think what makes Atlanta stand out more so than anybody else is that we think very holistically about how we want to help you. It's not, it won't just be the topic right at hand. We want to be able to say, oh, well, you're from out of town. How can we help you figure out the landscape or the layout of the land? Or, uh, you know, here's not only people to meet for what you're looking for or asking for, but here's, a, you know, a, a, a tangent one, one degree away of, of people you should be talking to as well, or groups you should be a part of, or, you know, uh, places like Atlanta Tech Village that you should, you know, come and support or uh, become a member for excuse me, a member for. So I, I think that's one of the biggest advantages on top of a lot of other things that we have here in Atlanta. Um, but uh, we, uh, we, and we hopefully will continue to keep that uh, as we infuse, you know, obviously a lot of people who are coming to Atlanta from, from out of town. How, how would you guys advise a, a young person today that um, is hearing this and has a startup or a company and wants to approach a particular potential mentor or two? Like what are things they need to do before they make that ask? How should they make that ask? Should they make that ask? Like, how do you guys advise them on that? Jermaine, you got something that you want to say about that? I see that too. <laughs> Jermaine. Um, you know, I think that you have to know what you want first, right? It's really hard for people to help you if you don't really know, you don't have an ask, or you don't know what you want, right? And I think that mentorship is, 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 is broad, right? And you mean a lot of different things, a lot of different people, but if you can come to the table and say, hey, I'm looking to try to do X or to get to X place, right? I think that it, it becomes a lot easier for someone to help you. As far as how to make the ask and things of that nature, I think that most people are pretty open to people reaching out to them, right? I mean, I know for myself personally, like people, you know, people can go and email me and, you know, all these other things, like I'm accessible, right? Uh, but I think, honestly, you'd be surprised the amount of people that don't reach out, mm -hmm. like, so when you actually do, you automatically put yourself, like, in, like, this rare territory, right? Uh, but I think that if you do that and you, you have an idea of what you want, or at least the direction you want to go, like, you know, I think that it becomes, it becomes a compelling case for somebody to be like, you know what, yeah, like, I'll try to help this person, right? And, and they may not be the right mentor for you, so if they say no, it's not a bad thing, um, but they may be able to introduce you to somebody that's a better fit for you. What else? I guess I'll, uh, I, you know, I mean, this is part of the inspiration of wanting to, you know, sort of reignite what we, we were doing um, at the Tech Village with the Mentor Advisor Program. Uh, it was, I mean, I, I saw that there was a, you know, when you, when you feel like there is a deliberate attempt to make and collect and curate the right kind of mentors for a variety of different reasons, I think there's a more comfort in, um, anyone who comes from outside or maybe even within the community to approach a mentor and advisor and know that, you know, they're there for, to help. Right. Um, and to Jermaine's point, be very specific with your ask um, as you do it, because uh, if someone can't articulate how they would be able to help you, because maybe they won't be the right person, they should be able to articulate very clearly to someone else, you know, what you're asking for and things happen very quickly once you're able to do that. Once you know what you want to ask, Karen, from that perspective, what, what should you be asking of them? Like how much time is too much time? Should there be a first meeting to 
feel each other out? I mean, how do you approach so that it's an easy yes for the mentor? I have lots of opinions about this. Um, often, like I would say, approach it like dating in a non-weird way, but in as in a hey, like don't do the pick your brain to y'all's points, please don't send an email that's like 20 paragraphs because we're all busy and no one will read it. So like, if you're like, how do I make sure I get a response? I would say, do your, do not send a canned email. So if I'm going to reach out to Jermaine, I'm going to do my homework. I'm going to look at his LinkedIn. I'm going to find his social media profiles. I'm going to know exactly why I want to talk to Jermaine. And then I'm going to send a pretty darn short email, like five sentences or less. I'm going to say, Jermaine, I really admire how you have built this company and where you've come from and what you've done. And I know now you're in venture capital and you're making these connections. And I watched your lesson lab that you taught for Started Up Georgia. My problem that I'm facing now is X. And I would greatly appreciate any time, whether call, Zoom, just to connect and see if there are some ways that uh, I could, you could help me and let me know what availability you have, whatever. So like make it a very specific and don't ask for like two hours. So maybe it's like a 20 minute call, right? First day, like 20 minute call, just a couple questions. And then once you have that first interaction, you'll kind of know like, is it a fit? Did they give you good advice? Cause mentors don't necessarily always give you good advice or they'll give you their, their advice. And then it's up to you to kind of figure that out. And it's also just personality. So it's like a therapist, right? Like there are lots of good therapists out there, but like one may be a right fit for me and one may be a right fit for Jeff. Right. Um, so I think from there, like you don't have to email and say, will you be my mentor? Cause I think that's kind of awkward too. It's like, you don't want someone to be in a relationship with you before you've had coffee. So it's an element of just like getting to know them. Is it a good fit? And then I think as you have that first ask, when you have that meeting, it says so much about you. If whatever you ask them about, if they gave you advice, actually go do it. That's right. <laughs> a lot of people don't do it, like go do it and then report back. Yes. So, Hey, I know you recommended a couple of these things. I actually went and read this book. Here's two takeaways that I found a lot of value of that really applied. Thank you so much. This has led me to a second question. Could we do a second 20 minute conversation so I can ask you your thoughts on this? And then I think as you go to two or three, right, you're dating in a non-romantic way, but it's an element of like, hey, you know what? I've gotten so much value out of these two or three meetings. I'm growing and scaling this company and I really need somebody to experience and the insight that you've provided me. Would you be okay with a monthly meeting, maybe even 30 minutes to an hour, like just checking in. If you do it in that way, there are very few people that are going to say no. And if they do, then you don't want them to be your mentor anyway. So. I love that. And I love the idea of the follow-up. That's so important. It shows that you're listening and that you're trying. And even if you don't do the thing, explaining why. We, we, we spent time, I spent time thinking about what you said. Here's the reasons I didn't, that just, it's a good discipline to get into, but it's such great advice uh, in general. What about for, what's advice for mentors? Because I think some people agree, they get the ask, they agree, but they really don't think through, how do I make this most you know, impactful for the mentee? What should, what should I be doing? What, what, what would you give to advice someone who's gonna be a mentor for the first time? I think 
acknowledge that you're not always right and you may not have all the answers at least for me it's kind of i i get a lot of asks and there's still so much to Auden's point earlier i'm like i'm learning all the time i'm reading all the time i'm changing my mind about things so there's an element of like when i'm talking to somebody i always say i'm going to give you my opinion and and like this is my opinion and my bias and kind of where i'm coming from take it or leave it you're gonna ask 10 people you may get 10 opinions or like Go ask several other people, and if you start to see, you know, patterns in the responses you're getting, then maybe that gives you more direction. Um, but just being willing to be humble and kind of acknowledge what you do and don't know. I love that. What about you guys? I think uh, I think also understanding when something is out of your wheelhouse or your area of expertise, right? Like, hey, I'm probably not the best person to answer that specific question, right? I think that's a lot better than trying to force an answer or have a thing you um, feel like, you know, you should have the answer, right? Or like, it's okay to say, I don't know. And I actually think it's, it's healthier because it shows to the mentee that like, it's okay not to know, right? So I think that yeah. that's important. I think also to decide to, to mentor, um, you know, coming up with like, I mean, making a commitment to it, right? Like sitting down and thinking about like, all right, like, do I really have the time? I really gonna put the energy do this because you know sometimes when you mentor people you know you have things that you need to do that come out of those sessions right you know i call it homework or whatever right and you know sometimes depending upon the, the entrepreneur i'm talking with you know i may do a little bit of prep as well right you know there may be a couple of things i need to read or whatever to get prepared to be able to have a conversation with them right so so you know are you able to commit and are you able to to to, to do that right so that you can make it um value add to the other person on the other side. I think that's important. And I think, you know, it's, it's flattering to be asked to be a mentor or advisor or whatever. Um, but I think sometimes the appropriate answer can be, you know, Hey, this isn't no for a variety of different reasons, right? This isn't a good time for me. I'm not an expert in this, you know, et cetera. Right. Um, but that's okay. Right. And I think that, you know, some, some people feel like they have to say yes and you don't have to, to be honest with you. Yeah. Anand? Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I agree with both of them. I mean, uh, they, if, if I were to add anything, it would be, you know, if um, you know that a mentorship mentoring is building a relationship to Karen's dating point, right. You're not going to just, uh, you know, date one time and move on. Um, you know, if you're giving advice, it's, it's cool. Like you just, you say, look, let me give you some advice. Here you go and then be done. Right. And, but if you're intent on being a mentor, then you also are dating, right. You're trying to find, you know, the right relationship to have in terms of in a mentee. And sometimes you might actually seek out somebody uh, and that's probably a conversation for another day, but maybe you'll be seeking somebody out and, uh, uh, and, and there'll be a fit that makes sense. You see something, a potential in somebody and you're, you just, you don't go up and say, I'm going to be your mentor, but it would be more of like, a, look, I see a lot of potential in you. I see like what you're trying to do. I, I love what you're doing. How are you doing it? Whatever the, you know, who you are, whatever the case may be. And um, you, you can approach it from that standpoint. Um, and the one other thing I would say is if you're going to be, if you're going to develop those relationships, don't take on too many, right? Mm -hmm. You're doing a disservice to yourself. You'll end up burning out uh, and you'll be doing a disservice to the mentee. So take a healthy number, of people. We try to encourage that, you know, in programs that, you know, we've been involved in. And I think it was one of Karen's ideas to be like, yeah, let's just, you know, uh, limit the number of mentees or mentors, uh, how many mentees a mentor can have. So we can ensure that, uh, that, uh, you know, there's a good quality relationship uh, that de develops between the two of them. 
And I think yeah, I also think having that, an awareness of like, it's, it's your whole, ideally it's the whole person, right? So sometimes yeah. even in mentorship relationships, like if you're a startup founder, it's like, yeah, you have business questions, but also in a mentoring relationship, it's like life, it's impacting your family, it's impacting lots of life choices, your finances. So it doesn't have to just be, how do I find my product market fit? It can also be like, hey, how do I get a you know work-life balance? How can I pursue this relationship or, or still be intentional with my children when I'm working insane hours? So I think you gotta be willing to get in it with people if you really wanna be a mentor. Yeah, that's well said. Well said. I uh, there's uh, there's another thing that comes up too, where this is something Jermaine and Karen do, uh, you know, regularly is they write, right, and uh, share their knowledge to a broader base. And it kind of goes to the earlier point of if someone wants to earn your mentorship, then they probably read your stuff, right, and and they've uh, you know, absorbed some of it, or maybe they might point to it and say, look, I, I read some of this and it gives them a character of how to self-select whether you would be a good mentor or not. Um, and for every mentor, I mean, if you're, if you're open to sharing and wanting to share, you need to start writing and sharing, uh, you know, in a digital format, which uh, to be honest, like to be open, like, I mean, this is what David Cummings started doing, why he wrote, uh, he realized that he's going <laughs> to, he's got a lot of people he wants to help, but he can't help everybody. He's probably hearing the same questions over and over again and it's something that he can, you know, uh, curate into a pot, a post of some sort, then that means what happens is if they've done their homework, you can have a more meaningful direct conversation and support in that capacity. And I think even Jermaine lately has been crushing it on that front. And, you know, I, I, I think we talked that we had, you've had some of those direct conversations as opposed to the more high level stuff that, uh, that people have been having. I mean, I think I know more about Jeff and Jermaine as long as many years as I've known y'all and in all of our different interactions, I know more, more about both of y'all from what I've read that you've both written than probably what we've talked about in person. It's funny. It's interesting. Um, so I will say this about, you know, writing and sharing, right? I, I agree. You know, you can only directly mentor so many people, but I think that when you share your thoughts and experiences and you put it out there, uh, at least in my experience, I have been shocked at like the reach of it, right? Um, and then, you know, people that I would have never thought gotten value. My mom reads my stuff, right? So, like, that's like a whole, you know, that was like, oh, like, wow, right? So, and it's, and it's not that she really cares what I'm writing about, right? But like, you know, she's a mom and she wants to know what's going on with me, right? But it just goes to show the reach and the like impact you can have. And, I've had people, you know, when I've talked about and shared things that, um, you know, were probably challenges for me that it really motivated them and it helped them kind of get through what they were going through. And I've gotten notes about that stuff from them, right? So I think that, you know, to your point, like that's a great way to like help people in I guess kind of an indirect way, but it's, it's, it's very, it can be very powerful, right? It takes a lot of time and energy, but once you write it, it's out there and you just never know. It can help somebody tomorrow, it can help somebody a year from now, it can help somebody five years from now, right? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm still surprised. So, so Jermaine, uh, now that your mom reads your stuff, does she know what you do? Sort <laughs> of. <laughs> One of the things that um, I've, I've been doing, which I found really helpful when you're talking about like, hey, we all have limited time. 
I think all of us on here have big hearts, want to help people. So there's an element of um, limited time. And then when you get requests and making sure they're good requests, uh, depending on what their ask is, I actually have a little bit of a friction point when people reach out to me. So like, even if it's an awesome email, like we can't have coffees with everybody, at least pre-COVID. These days I don't have coffee with anybody. Uh, but I would just say, hey, like if it's about venture capital, like being a female in VC, I, I will respond to any email I get like that. But I'll also say, go read this and this. And I give them two things to read. And I say, after you read that, let me know what you think and we'll have coffee and talk about it. Mm. <clears throat> and it's helping still because I'm still answering some of their questions, but it's something that they can learn and all of that. And I would say 95% of the time, I never get a response back, uh -huh. which is like, cool. I hope that those two links gave them all the information they needed, or maybe they reached out too soon and we're just looking for the least like, you know, way of getting that information. Like, well, I'll just ask somebody and I'm like, Hey, like, I don't have a lot of time. So let's streamline it. And if they do come back and have read it, those conversations, I will have two hour coffees with them. And they're always amazing conversations that I usually learn, learn from them as well as hopefully provide some guidance. Well, the awesome takeaway is that is, you know, it, it's, it's okay to make your potential mentees do a little homework before, you know, they talk to you, you have more meaningful, fruitful conversations and mentees, guess what? Like there's no easy, easy, uh, straightforward, you know, quick ask, you know, of us will, uh, we want you to, you'll have to earn your mentorship and it's okay. Right. And, and for mentors, it's okay to make them earn it a little bit. Um, and, and I don't think that there's anything wrong with it. I think that's a, a start of a good, healthy relationship that way. I, I haven't done that exactly, uh, but I like that Karen for companies or founders that I advise on a regular basis. I do ask them three questions before we meet. If they don't answer those three questions, I'm like, I guess we're not meeting, right? Um, because it helps focus the conversation. It helps me understand like what they're going on. Like, because I can spend 20 minutes trying to figure out like what's going on as compared to reading something. But okay, we need to be in there today, right? Mm. And the conversation is much more effective, right? So they may kick and scream a little bit, but eventually they they, they like it because it actually has, it uncovers some things that sometimes they don't even realize, right? It's like, what's your biggest challenge right now? Like, I don't know, you know, it's like, well, you should know that, <laughs> you know? I love the three question thing. Fair, I'm going to have to start doing it. Yeah. I, to be fair, I don't do any, I don't do that with any villager. It's just outside our community. And a lot of that's when you have 1200 people, you got to start to limit it a bit, but that's smart. Like asking those questions. You're way more popular than, than I am. So. <laughs> Not true. Not <laughs> true. And I know that because of how many times we ask you to help us with something. <laughs> I love, um, you know, uh, David, I, we talked about um, David writing and that being a way. And I sometimes when someone does reach out to me for advice or mentorship and I ask them what sort of the topic is, I can go back to blog posts and say, hey, here's some stuff. And so to Karen's point, like, here's things you can read. But what I, what I love, one of the things David and I have had this conversation a lot, one of the things he does is he'll send someone and say, hey, you need to read this book and fill out this, the one page strategic plan and then come back to me, which is like, it's awesome because, you know, sort of like what you do, Karen, you have to show that you're committed. And this is important. If you're not willing to do those things, why are you going to be willing to act on anything that I tell you? Right. So I think that's, that's a really good uh, sort of litmus test. So my last sort of question for you guys is um, where, 
I guess, um, where would you point people from a digital perspective? So we know we're going to go, I'll link uh, Jermaine's blog uh, in, in the show notes. Uh, where else would you point people who um, are looking for mentorship, but maybe they can't get a hold of the person or they're just not ready to go out and meet with someone. So they're going to get it digitally. Where are some places that you would point them for good company, leadership, tech, um, nourishment online? You go first. I think for mentorship specifically, um, I think that it depends upon what you're actually looking for or what you need, right? Um, and then you got to go, I mean, honestly, just go do some research and go find some people in that space. I do think that there's an element of you need to know what's going on in the ecosystem or the environment that you're in. So getting on certain like um, lists, uh, email lists and things of that nature that kind of curate what's going on in it. In it in the Atlanta ecosystem or whatever ecosystem you're in, I think that that's a good place to start, right? And then from there, once you kind of figure out what your need is, you know, you can, you'll probably see some themes in some of those um, curated lists about what's going on and people that you should probably talk with. So that's, that's my two cents. Um, and if you have somebody that, you know, you feel like is, um, could be a potentially good mentor, but it's just not a good timing for you, I mean, you know, if they, if they have content out there or whatever, or if they're doing interviews, podcasts or whatever, right? Like just, you know, just, I guess, for lack of a better term, just kind of stop them out a little bit, right? And just kind of listen and, and know what's going on because you can get a lot of the information, a lot of their thoughts throughout osmosis through that way, right? So. It's really good. Well, in a different season, I would have said Twitter. These days, you may want to avoid Twitter. Uh, but I, especially I think in the Atlanta startup ecosystem, uh, you have a lot of people who are active on Twitter, who readily give information, who are quite responsive. Um, and I know people who have literally built their kind of personal brand and reputation based off a blog and their, and their Twitter activity, which I think is really cool. Um, I also think the startup ecosystem report, the Startup Atlanta created is insanely helpful. And I know you're saying digital, but it gives you all the players in Atlanta. So from kind of the tech hubs and the venture capital and the, and the educational opportunities and all of that, I think it's good to go download it. It's free. It's a PDF and just be like, all right, here's all these, all these different organizations. And then starting to get plugged into some of them are the way that you start to meet the people that then you can also digitally engage with. So Atlanta Tech Village, like you don't have to be a member to come to our workshops. You don't have to, you know, and, and pitch practice. And we just had something on funding with Kim Seals, uh, which Jermaine knows well, cause y'all are in the same firm, but there's all these different opportunities I think that are free and still connect like Atlanta Startup Village virtually happens again. We started that back up, pitch practice. So I think building that network and knowing the different players allows you to start to be like, all right, I'm getting a feel for these different communities and how we can kind of connect. Obviously I have to say, if you wanna join Atlanta Tech Village, we have like 50 amazing advisors and mentors who all through COVID are still meeting and connecting and we have different groups within the village um, like our six-figure club and seven-figure club who are actively connecting with each other. So even if it's not our community, I think even in a COVID era, digitally, to your point, Jeff, like you can still start to meet people and learn and grow. And I think that's kind of that, the biggest end of the funnel to eventually find that person that you think would be a good match for you. 
Awesome. Yeah, I like the social media kind of aspect as well. And um, I guess uh, I, I think uh, I'm a big fan of LinkedIn and, you know, they're, they're evolving, but uh, find some people that are one tier above you, not like multiple tiers ahead of you. Uh, that way you, you can find someone and then maybe ask them, you know, who has been working with those, you know, with them, right? So if they're a tier above you and, you know, uh, and she's, you know, do, crushing it and, you know, she's got maybe some mentors she might have, uh, that she might be working with or may recommend. Uh, so word of mouth, uh, but digitally. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, so if you see someone who's active, uh, uh, to Karen and Jermaine's point, you know, online and they're a tier above you, ask them like, who, who are they talking to? Who are they working with? What are they listening to? And see, uh, see where they are so you can achieve that, you know, that new level. Because it like, let's be real, like whoever, like Jermaine, you know who's commenting on your posts, you know who's commenting on your blogs. Like if you're doing it in a way that's not like great read, but like actually like engaging with you on Twitter or LinkedIn or whatever, like we all kind of know. So I think if there's that consistent voice, you can already start to build a relationship with somebody and, and those authors and people on the other side, you know, unless you're, most of them are, no, you know, we're, we're seeing who they are. It's that. Yeah, I would say that's a really, really great tip for, for those of us that blog. If, if somebody comments a few times and then asks for a call, it's hard for me to say no. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you've been one of the commenters. I got to listen. Um, you all have huge hearts and I was excited to have you on this call to talk about mentorship and, and advising. Cause I know that that's core to who you are and look, you didn't disappoint. I think there's so much in here that uh, either if you're, uh, looking for a mentor or if you're looking to mentor people. Um, this has got some, some great information in here. So we'll see if people do the hard work. Um, but I appreciate you all so much. And we'll, find, we'll list ways people can get in touch. Uh, certainly, uh, we all agree the village is the best place to start a company in this city. Um, I do tell people that every time. It's like, I don't even care if it's just for six months. You've got to be there. You've got to be a part of it. Experience it. So um, Certainly we're all big fans, but I appreciate your time today. You guys, you guys are the best. Thanks for bringing us together, Jeff. All right. See you soon. Wow. You made it to the end of the podcast. I didn't think people did that anymore. Well, since I still have you, I'd love for you to do two things. First, subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. That way you'll be alerted as soon as I post my next one. And second, I'd love for you to subscribe to my email newsletter. I send out an email every week or two, and it's really where I share my more personal thoughts and ideas. Plus, I give stuff away sometimes. You can find the sign up at my blog, jeffhillemeyer.com, and I really do appreciate you listening. <laughs>